recommend any of his works. This is really, you can look at it, it's tiny, right? He's giving a kind of a brief overview of the theology of the Psalms. His goal is to incorporate sort of the best of scholarship, but trying to make it incredibly practical, right? So the goal is to help the church, the Christian community, the human life. And so for him, right, the Psalms represent the seasons of our life. So there are lots of Psalms that he calls Psalms of orientation, Psalms of disorientation, Psalms of reorientation. And these occur throughout the life of Israel. There's all kinds of authors of the Psalms. They happen in various contexts and places. But these poems, these songs, are an expression of the human condition and the human struggle. And how do we reach out to God and cry out to God in love, in joy, in anger, in fear? And so today we're going to talk about psalms of orientation. And these are psalms uh, ultimately giving glory to God. These are the psalms when things are going right. The world seems to be as it should, right? And that's a season. I, I hope you've at least had that season sometimes, right? Orientation, yes, uh, things have clicked into place and they make sense. So the example we're going to read is Psalm 104. Let my whole being bless the Lord. Lord, my God, how fantastic you are. You are clothed in glory and grandeur. You wear light like a robe. You open the skies like a curtain. You build your lofty house on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot, going around on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers. You make fire and flame your ministers. You establish the earth on its foundations so that it will never fall. You covered it with the watery deep like a piece of clothing. The waters were higher than the mountains, but at your rebuke, they ran away. They fled in fear at the sound of your thunder. They flowed over the mountains, streaming down the valleys to the place you established for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross, so they'll never again cover the earth. You put gushing springs into dry riverbeds. They flow between the mountains, providing water for every wild animal. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Overhead, the birds in the sky make their home, chirping loudly in the trees. From your lofty house, you water the mountains. The earth is filled full by the fruit of what you've done. You make grass grow for cattle. You make plants for human farming in order to get food from the ground and wine which cheers people's hearts along with oil, which makes the face shine, and bread, which sustains the human heart. The psalm of orientation that says God has made things right and good and just and pleasurable. Most psalms of orientation, many of the psalms that you would read, articulate a theology of creation. They want to talk about birds in the sky, bread from the ground, cattle in the field, right? They're going to talk about creation. I want to set a challenge for you over the next month. My challenge for you is to take one psalm a day and pray it. Read it. See if you connect to it, right? So this is not just something that happens on Sundays, but something that happens in your life. Sometimes I'm not sure how to pray. You ever... I mean, maybe I feel like that a lot, actually. How do I pray? Pray the psalm. Pray one of the psalms. 
So this idea about creation being an oriented psalm is an affirmation that God gets credit for everything that is. And because God gets credit for everything that is, it's good. It's rational, it's ordered, it's intelligible, it's loving. Now that's not our experience all the time on a day-to-day basis because I experience alienation and pain and betrayal. In the midst of those experiences though, I'm called to remember the very foundations. What gets the first word and what is going to get the last word? There's something stable in that. In saying something like, God has you. God's got this. That's what the Psalms of orientation say. God has got this. And when it doesn't feel like God has got this, like the stuff of your life, believe that God has you, is with you, holding you. This theology of creation that we get in the Psalms is not a how-to of creation. So I would argue, this is my view, that the Psalms, that Genesis 1, that these poems, this, these, these lyrics, this uh, articulation is not about how God creates. It's not a science text, right? It's a theology of creation that suggests everything exists because of God. That what we see in the natural world are the seasons of life and birth and death and then resurrection and renewal. And these are the exact same seasons I experience in my own life with marriages and births and divorces and deaths and remarriages and resurrection and broken relationships and forgiveness. The very seasons you see in the Psalms, these are the seasons in your life. This is part of God's good creation. And we use creation as a way to glorify God as a way to give thanks to God, as a reminder. So I want to read from page 18. This is Brueggemann. The function of the orientation psalm is theological. That is, its function is to praise and to thank God. But such a psalm also has a social function. It is to articulate and maintain a sacred canopy under which the community of faith can live out its life with freedom from anxiety. That is, life is not simply a task to be achieved, an endless construction of a viable world made by effort and human ingenuity. There is a givenness to be relied on guaranteed by none other than God. That givenness is here before us, stands over us, will endure beyond us, and surrenders us behind and before. There is a givenness to the world independent of yours and mine hard work. We're going to make things right. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be better. I'm going to get this thing done. I'm going to structure my home a certain way. My work's going to be different tomorrow. Independent of all of that, which often just makes us feel like we're failures and filled with shame, there's a givenness that God provides that says, just as things are, so I created them. Just as you are, so are you loved. I have you. I have this, says God independent of that, 
Now, it's the logic of gift as opposed to like the logic of the economy. So it's not what do I earn, what is owed me, what do I deserve, how do I give people what they deserve. It's not like that. It's the logic of gift, like before you said a word, God had already given, God had already loved, God had already provided. That allows you to take like a hundred deep breaths and fall back into the givenness of God, of how God created things. The difficulty, of course, is that it's much easier for people with money and freedom and power and privilege to pray the orientation psalms. It's, it's pretty easy. My life's really good. I, I, I get to go to work and have a say over my job. I'm a, I'm a professor. People respect me. They call me doctor. Even though Kel says she'll call me doctor when someone in a restaurant says, we need a doctor, and I go help. <laughs> until, the, until then, I'm, ju I'm just Joe. Um, but I, I have this sense of, like, power. I have autonomy. I can control my circumstances. If something goes wrong in my house, I can pay someone to fix it. So for me, life feels pretty good. And even the stuff I complain about is like, oh, this, it's too hot today. I can't go on my bike ride or whatever. Like the stuff I complain about is silly. We can often forget that for other people who have very little power or privilege or autonomy or say, it's very hard to pray these psalms. It, the world feels out of control like they are bombarded with pain. It does not feel like God's got this. It feels like the opposite. So we pray this with the knowledge that when we talk about the givenness of God, it's separate from my immediate circumstance. It's something that even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of sorrow, we can look to God as a kind of eschatological hope, a hope that we say God will, God's kingdom will come to fruition no matter what's happening in my life right now, no matter the pain I'm in right now. That God gets the first word and God will get the last word. And when it seems like that's not going to happen, which is a lot, like every time I read the newspaper, I have to remind myself that God's got this and God's got me. And God has those, even those in pain those who suffer. But I want to go one step further. If we're going to pray these orientation prayers and we're going to recognize we live in a world that is unjust, we're going to, we live in a world where uh, some continue to be battered, then we have to take seriously what Brueggemann calls the socially constructed world. So this should make sense to you if you think about like a child in a traumatic home, an abusive home. That home creates a world for that child. That home creates a world of fear, of instability, of anger. That trauma it lives in their body for, for a long time, uh, maybe forever, right? Like it, it has created a way of seeing the world and feeling about the world. But many of you are in context that might not have been overly abusive, but your social context creates a world for you, a way of seeing the world, feeling about the world, a value system. The social constructed nature of the world means this. Part of what it means to be the church, part of what it means to be this body right here meeting today, we're here 
to structure the world in a way that the most vulnerable, the ones who can't pray the orientation psalms, can get a glimpse of what it means to experience God's love. To experience the idea that God's got this, it's going to be okay. When you walk in these doors, this socially constructed reality says you belong here. You're loved just as you are. Things for one hour are right. We're going to remind ourselves where our hope comes from. We're going to point ourselves towards Jesus. We're going to reorient to that. It means that this church, when we have more than we need, we're going to build houses. That's what it means to create a socially constructed reality that says, when you have more than you need, you don't buy a vacation home. You don't live in luxury. You don't make your life more comfortable. You find people without a voice, and you give them one. Thank you. Thank you. It means our church, when we have a parsonage that's open, we're not going to figure out how to make money on it. We're not going to rent it out. We're going to figure out what organizations can use it to make our community better. That's what it means to have a socially constructed reality that doesn't operate according to the logic of the world. It's a logic of grace and gift. That's what we're going to do. So when people step into this world that I can't create and you can't create, but we can create, we can pray the orientation psalms in the midst of injustice, in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, because God's love and reality is experienced here in tangible ways. Yes? yes? That's what we're going to do. So today we are reminded that God has created, God has sustained, God is redeeming, and we need but take a deep breath and fall into that work that God is already doing. We get to be called as a community into action to say, can we create a, a place where this seems true? Because I don't experience it at work not even in my family, maybe. I don't experience it very many places, but here we do. Here we experience it, and that's real, and that's true. So whether you're in a place where you can pray the orientation psalms or not, I just want you to hear that God got the first word. When you think about the seasons outside and the seasons of your life, God has you. And God is with you. And when we point to the future, we believe with everything we have that that kingdom will be established in full. And we're going to try to create a glimpse of it, a glimpse of that kingdom here at Collister. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful to you that the Psalms articulate gratitude for all that you have done. That you get credit for everything that is. That Everything is here because of you, which means nothing, nothing, nothing is evil. Nothing is. Everything has been created by you, which means everything at its core. If you dig down deep enough, if you cover and get rid of the crap, what we find is goodness and love. Every person, every human heart, there is goodness there because you created it and we affirm that. And for those who can't pray the orientation psalms now, help them to trust and to know that you are with them and that you've got this. Amen. Please stand for our closing song.